Welcome to the Dirt on Turf podcast. I'm your host, Chris Toppins. Today's guest is Casey Carrick from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, the athletic director of athletic grounds and turf manager. Awesome conversation with him ahead. A good friend of mine, I've uh, been able to know over the past four or five years. They've went through some major renovations in the last five years at one of the nation's oldest universities. So we look forward to talking with Casey. Hope you enjoy. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specialize in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom nettings for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, overhead netting, barrier netting, sideline netting, golf course netting, and much more. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals continues to provide quality products and services to many recreational, high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, courses, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Welcome to the Dirt on Turf podcast. I'm your host, Chris Toppings. Today we have Casey Carrick, Director of Athletic and Athletic Grounds and Turf Management at the University of Chapel Hill, or University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, welcome, Casey. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, give us a little introduction of yourself, you know, for the listeners. Yeah, so um, like you said, my name is Casey Carrick. I'm the Director of Athletic Grounds uh, and Turf Management at University of North Carolina. Um, I have I've been at UNC for, for 11 years now. Um, graduated from NC State with a, with a turf grass degree management in 2006. Um, you know, I got my start in golf, golf course industry and then just kind of moved into the sports turf world, and here we are. Yeah, yeah. Um... I've been fortunate enough to get to know you through at our conferences and different things like that. And uh, we've had some good times for sure and shared some laughs. Um, this is a really reason why I'm starting this, Casey, because we haven't been able to have any conferences. You know, we haven't been able to network like we want to. And everybody's just a phone call away, but it's uh, we all get busy with life and it doesn't we don't always pick up the phone like that. So, you know, it's easier for people to have familiar voices and unfamiliar voices to listen to you know when it comes to our industry yeah i agree i think this is a great idea um you know i'm like you and everybody else in the turf industry and and, and how tight-knit our our, our our little group is and you know how much we enjoy the conferences and get to see each other and um you know there are guys i don't see but once a year at the conferences and you know i feel like they're uh some of the some of the best people that i can pick up the phone and call year round um and when we see each other we don't miss a beat so it, it really has been um, disappointing to to not be able to you know just just hang out and, and share some good times in person but uh hopefully we'll get back to that soon yeah for sure so give us a breakdown of your career history like 
you know, from where you started to where you are now? Yeah. So I, um, I went to NC State after high school and really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, the summer after my freshman year, I went home uh, and got a job at a local golf course and just, you know, not really doing anything too important there. Just a lot of weed eating and, you know, the summer work. Um, but I, I did enjoy it a lot. I enjoyed being outside. I enjoyed uh, what we were doing. So I went back um, the next fall and I changed my major to turfgrass management. Um, you know, the next year I did a, another internship, at the same golf course, and they, they let me do a lot of, a lot more stuff. Uh, started to mow some, do a little spray and irrigation work, things like that. Um, so the summer after my junior year, I knew I wanted to stay in Raleigh. Uh, and I went over, asked the guys at Carter Finley if uh, they needed any help and sure enough, they did. So uh, that was the beginning of my sports turf, uh, you know, opportunity. So I got in, started working with them part-time. When I graduated in 2006, there was a full-time job open um, with the ground crew at NC State. So I, I jumped on it. Uh, I was there until 2010 when I got the opportunity to take the associate sports turf manager at uh, UNC. And I was in that role until 2016. Um, when my boss moved on to another job, I was promoted into the role that I am now. So. You know, the last, um, I'd say the last 15 years have been pretty much sports turf uh, oriented for me. Oh, that's, that's, I, I love this because you get, everybody has something so different, you know, where they come from. And, well, here's a question that I've really, I've really enjoyed asking. Who got you into turf? Like, who was, your, and who was your mentor? It could be the same person. It could be two separate answers. Um, um so, you know, getting me into turf, I'm have to give credit to, to my, superintendent and assistant superintendent um dustin rose and chris chapman at the old north state club you're right point they kind of kind of got me into it you know um and then you know ray brinsfield hired me at nc state gave me my first chance um in the sports surf industry and then kevin robinson took a chance and hired me in carolina so you know those are the people that have given me the the uh, the opportunities um you know but as far as a mentor uh, there's probably too many to name um I, you know, I consider, I almost consider everybody in this industry a mentor. You know, I look up to, you know, whether they're younger than me or older or been around or, uh, you know, what they're doing. There's, you know, whether they're a sports store manager or, or a contractor or a sales rep, there's just anybody that I can bounce an idea off of or get advice from or anything like that. I, I consider a mentor. And there's a ton of people like that. Same for me. Same for me. The, uh, like I've said before, you know, I talked to, I don't know if you listened to the podcast with, with John Turnhauer, the networking just of, it's so, it's so diverse, you know, whether it's age or even if you're in golf, you know, it's so diverse. Everything is so diverse in this industry. I think it's like you got your start in golf, but that's just not the route you wanted to go. But that's where, you know, that's where you learned that. That's where you got that, you know, got that itch to have a little bit more. Yep. Okay, for the listeners, current position breakdown, like your day-to-day, and I know this is so different because I'm in the similar field, but I don't have game day type of things. But let's say not a game day, your typical June day. What is your – what is your – give me your schedule. All right, yeah. So, like you said, it does – it changes from day-to-day depending on what events we've got going on, the weather, the, you know, everything plays. I'd love to say I can – sit down on a Monday and plan out my whole week and what I'm going to be doing, you know, but it doesn't work like that. Um, 
we oversee about 30 acres of athletic fields um, at UNC. And then we have about 12 guys on staff that I, that I oversee. Um, so, you know, there's a lot going on. So a typical day for me, um, you know, first thing I might check in with, with AJ Congelli. Um, he's, he's been, you know, my assistant with me since 2012. So, um, you know, he, he kind of helps me run, run things and you know, I check in with him and, and, and he lets me know if there's things that, you know, that, he's got planned for the day and what I've got planned for the day. And then, you know, I try my best to check in with our guys at our different facilities. Um, I really do try to try to let them, you know, make their own plans and do things. Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of days I'll check in and they're, they're doing their own thing. And, you know, some days I'll, I'll give some input or come up with a plan with them, but, you know, essentially if uh, I don't have any meetings or I'm free, I'll, I'll figure out where somebody needs help and, you know, help them or, you know, it, it's, it, it varies, but, uh, it's it's never it's never the same thing day after day, which is pretty cool. It's always it's always changing. I'm always getting to be at a different facility, um, working with a different sport or you know different team. So um, that that's uh, it's pretty much the, the day in a life for me. Yeah, and just just like you said, everything can change. You know, I mean, it's on a, it, and right now as we're seeing the weather, gosh. Um, I mean, I don't even know. The weather is crazy, man. It's it's absolutely nuts. You know, it's uh, yeah. This has been one of the wettest couple months that I can remember. Um, you know, not just here, all over the country. I mean, we've got rain right now, but guys in Texas are battling snow, so you know it could be worse. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's ever changing, and it's always Mother Nature's always throwing some challenges at us. But that's all right. Right. So I want to I'm gonna get off topic here on on our outline. Y'all did a transition from natural turf to artificial in some areas. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, give us a breakdown on what that transition was like, like in your prep and how you had to maybe change some of the things you were doing for, for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, of the 30 acres that we maintain, um, 15 of them are, we're, we're on 12 to 15 of them are already synthetic fields um, that we, you know, our indoor facility, um, we've got a couple of outdoor practice fields that we share with intramurals and campus rec and, you know, our field hockey stadium. So um, the idea of switching our stadium over to, to synthetic was, you know, it was nothing new to us. We know how to maintain synthetic. We already had it on campus. Um, you know, there was a lot of discussion that went into it about, you know, the pros and cons of it. Um, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of debate, um, you know, but at the end it, for the department, it seemed, like that was the, uh, you know, the way that it needed to go. Um, and, you know, like I say, we're, you know, my job is to maintain um, whatever fields we have, synthetic or natural grass, so the best, the best that we can do to keep them safe and playable. Um, so, you know, we had, we've been, we had been doing some construction for a, a while. Um, we had been building, we had built, um, you know, almost seven new fields within the last three years. So, you know, throwing another, project in there switching a field over really just kind of it wasn't that it wasn't that hard to do to plan um you know we worked with with Carolina Green they came in and 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 took care of it for the most part so um you know it was nothing too new um but as always each project has its challenges and um but that one turned out okay uh football end zone design's a little different is that right yeah yeah who came up with that who came up I have a I have a uh, the, my buddy who does the racing podcast with me is, I mean, he, 
he does not bleed red at all. He bleeds hundred uh, percent Carolina blue. He's like, <laughs> got to ask him this question. I'm just so curious on how they came up with that. Is really, you know, so he wanted me to ask. So you know, I think uh, I, I think a lot of people had some input. We we had about that was the final design that was chosen, but I think we had probably twenty different designs to look through, um, printed off, and I think it got narrowed down between our athletic director and the, the football staff and. Um, you know, they all looked good. I do I do actually agree that this is the best one for sure. It looks really – it's kind of got an old-school feel to it, but it's changed up a little bit with Argyle borders. So, you know, it's got a little bit of our new branding, um, quote-unquote, thrown in there. Um, so, yeah, it was, a I would say, a, a group effort, but um, some people had a bigger vote than other people. I understand, I understand. And, you know, everybody always has an opinion, you know, and that's – that's not what this show is about, you know, about opinions, but just, you know, it's, it's different to see branding has, it's really transitioned. 2020, a crazy year already, but I've seen things completely change their brand and their look of their brand. And some have been very beneficial and some of it's not, but I've seen lots of changes in things in all across the country, everything. Yeah. This, uh, you know, I, now that, especially since the ACC networks picked up and games are not, you know, other games are on TV, not just, uh, you know, not just your football games and your basketball games and things like that, but now we're starting to get lacrosse and soccer and baseballs and softballs. And, you know, we're starting to get um, Olympic sports that hadn't typically been on TV on TV. Um, so, you know, when that happens, you start to see marketing and branding change because more people are, are seeing the product. Um, you know, as a sports star manager, that's important for us too to, to make sure we're putting, you know, not only a safe, playable field, you know, out there for the student athletes, but you know, when, the, when it's on TV, we want it to look good. You know, we want you to turn it on at home and say, wow, that, that's an awesome looking field. So, um, you know, things are evolving and changing um, or affecting everybody in a good way. Correct. The maintenance side of artificial. Um, what, how has that transition been? And what are some things that you've noticed that, that are very different? We're pretty fortunate where um, when we put these fields in, we were able to we were able to get some equipment that we needed to do it. Um, you know, so we have the ability to to blow the fields off with, with some blowers and just remove like the top debris. Uh, we do that quite a bit, actually. It's an easy way to you know clean up a loose fiber or you know a sunflower seed or you know anything that may be on the field that shouldn't be. Um, We've got some brooms that we can groom it with and stand it up. Um, we've got a, a machine that goes by our tractor that that'll vacuum it and, and uh, you know pick up some rubber and shake it back up. So we've got a lot of equipment to do what we need to do. So we're very fortunate with that. Um, you know, like I said, even though we we've got a lot of synthetic fields, that a lot of them are new. Some of them have different infills in them. Um, some of them are different types of fiber. So. Uh, I think we're still learning on, you know, how to, how to maintain them. You know, some of them get more play than others. Um, our indoor facility never gets rained on, you know, versus the outdoor field. So we're trying to figure out does, you know, the rain, does, does being outside affect it different than being inside? Um, so you know, it's, uh, it's not, you know, Hey, everybody thinks or says that that it's maintenance free and you can rock and roll with it or you can let it go, but, and you can, but you're not going to have a very good surface. So, um, we still give those a lot of attention and, and try to make them the best we can. Right. Um, getting back to your career, high and low point of your career. I mean, if you don't have a, a low point, that's great. Um, oh, I've got plenty of low points. <laughs> no, um, you know, that's a, 
that's a that's a good question. I mean, high points are, are probably easier to point out because um, you know. You, you, More than you don't want to hear about the normally when we're hearing about a field on TV or a field hit this or that, it's sometimes it's bad and you don't want to be um, you don't want to be mentioned. But it is nice to get a game, you know, get a field ready for a game and get a compliment from a fan or a player or whoever it may be. You know, that's that makes you feel like you know you've done a good job. That is that's a, that's all you can ask. Um, you know, <laughs> low points. I mean, you know. I, I think if you're in baseball long enough, you, you miss the tarp pull or you miss the weather, you know, those are always in the moment. Those feel terrible. Um, I, I think before we've, uh, you know, we've, we've put the wrong fertilizer out or we've done something to, uh, you know, maybe put a little too much out and, and burn the, the tips of the grass or burned an area, things like that. You know, those are always, those are tough, um, especially when you know they're avoidable, but you know, I, I, Hopefully we learn from any kind of mistake or low point and figure out how to not do it again. Um, if you're in our industry and you don't have a low point or you haven't messed up, then um, you just hadn't been in it long enough because it happens to everybody. For sure. Um, what are some challenges you deal with every day? Um, you know, this is not to make it personal. This is turf damage, turf wear, drainage, vandalism, things like that. I don't know. What are something that you see is probably your number one challenge? I think in college athletics, the number one challenge we have is, um, you know, just the uh, the amount of play where we get on our fields. Um, you know, the uh, very it, it's tough to get get a break sometimes. You know, if a team team can have one off day a week, get off your field. If that day it's you know a day like today where it's pouring down rain, you know, we just missed any opportunity to pretty much do anything. You know, verify or mow or fertilize anything that we would want to be doing to a field when nobody's on it um you know that's that's when we, we will do it but um yeah that, i think with college athletics and, and maybe even other um different levels of sports just the uh, the amount of play that we're getting um but look that's why the i think that's why the fields are there um you know for, for them to be used um and then the expectations i think i think we've done a really good job of riding some really good athletic fields for the teams um and once you raise that expectation and the level of service, it's you can't you can't go back from it, you know. So, you know, our coaches, um, while they're very understanding about the wear and tear on a field or things like that, um, you know, they expect them to be in good shape. They they uh, they want them to be you know fully covered. They don't want to see any bare spots or any you know they don't want to slip when they play things like that. So, um, just managing the expectations of, of different coaches and. Um, things like that. That's another challenge. But. Yeah, cultural practices. We're gonna get into that. What's what's something that you live by? I'm not asking for any secrets here. Um, <laughs> uh, any, but your cultural practices that are probably your tattoos. Yeah, there are. Hey, there are no secrets here. We'll, I'll tell you everything we know. So. That's right. But uh, you know, that's a. It, I think that varies. Um, you know throughout the year and what we've got going on. I mean, it's easy to say that air finds the, that's the one we couldn't live without. Um, and, and that is, that's correct. I mean, that's true. Um, you know, with, with the amount of play we get and you are, you're always wanting to decompact a field and air fight, but, uh, you know, I'd say in the summer months for us, verticutting is one of our most important things we do. You know, we, we try to get out and get light verticutting in if we could once a week. Um, 
follow it up with top dressing. You know, that's a very – that's important. Um, I don't think – you know, people have always – they've asked, like, what's the one thing you couldn't live without? And I, I don't think you can pick anything. I really think they all go hand in hand. You take one thing – Take one thing away, and you know the the quality of the field's gonna it's gonna suffer for sure. Um, you know, mowing's the thing we do the most. It, is it the most important culture practice? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But you know, if you don't mow, you you don't have a good surface. So they all go hand in hand. Um, and I think how you how you can figure out a plan to make them work together is is where you really start seeing some good results. And how, how many uh, how many how many employees you have working for you? Um, so on staff we've got we've got eight full time guys, um, and we've got three part time guys that that work with us. Um, you know the way we're set up, we we've got a our quote unquote supervisor, um, facility supervisor at, at each each facility and field, and you know they're the the one that you know runs the day to day operations and tries you know makes the the decisions at that field, um, you know, and, and sets it up. Um, and then we've got some guys that, that bounce around and help help at different places and help where, where they're needed. So we have a uh, – I'm very fortunate. I think we've got a large staff compared to, you know, some some athletic departments and other turf managers I've talked to. So I don't think that's – you'll never hear me complain about the size of our staff or, uh, you know, the quality of the people we have on our staff. That's great. Uh, 2020, how was that for you? Different. <laughs> for sure so in march when uh you know we we got shut down i'll never forget it we were on the baseball field we were we were going to play duke the next day and we got the word that the game had been canceled and 20, 20 minutes later we got the word that the uh the season had been canceled and you know that was tough that was you know we were disappointed we were with some of our players and we saw the disappointment on their faces and that was that was a tough pill to swallow um but then i think it was a lot of uncertainty. Like what, what's going to happen? Like, are we going to, do we get to come to work still? Do we, I mean, what happened? So, you know, after things calmed down a little bit, we took advantage of not having people and, and things going on in our fields. We did some things we had never done. We sprayed our ryegrass out in March um, on every field. We, uh, we, we tried to, we phrase mode for the first time on three of our fields, you know, um, things that we just normally don't have time to do um, in a normal year. So um, I'd like to say we we try to take advantage of that. And I do think we went into the fall when, when we got our athletes back, um, the healthiest our fields have ever been. Um, you know, we were we were proud of doing what we did. And, and then on top of that, it, our budget got cut. We had a spending freeze. So we were really trying to figure out how to do things different, you know, how to do things without spending any money um you know if we had a pallet of fertilizer already had in stock how do we how do we split that pallet up to all these fields and make it last you know until we can to buy can buy another pallet so um it it put us in a situation where it made us think a little more and um i as bad as it was i think we learned a lot of stuff that that we'll keep using in the future um yeah for sure that's perfect because that leads me into my next question, workplace efficiency and saving money. Name one thing in your career that stands out that made you or your team more efficient or save money. It could be two answers. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, the first thing that stands out is is this this last year. That's That forced us to be more efficient. Um, 
you know, we, we stretched fertilizers out further. We didn't, you know, so like I say, going forward, we're, I, I think we learned a lot over the last 10 months about, you know, how far we can stretch fertilizers, how far we can, you know, go in between apps and doing things. Um, you know, one of the, the other points in my career where, you know, you know, and I think you'll see money saved by doing that. Um, a ton, but you know, there was one situation where, you know, it was four years ago when we were going to switch um, Tina Stadium over to synthetic. And um, you, you know, obviously with a lot of work we had to do, it had a pretty hefty price tag. And, um, you know, I, I did the math and I, I talked with some people and I went to my boss and I said, you know, we could just side this as needed. And worst case, we sided every game and we still save money. Um, and, and that's what we did. We saved a, a good amount of money over those two years doing that. So um, I, was, I was proud of, you know, proud of that uh, um, and how much we were able to save during that situation. For sure. Um, another question. Uh, you got some new practice fields. Um, what uh was what was the deciding factor into that? Like what what uh what exactly are the fields? I mean, what sports are they for? And what finally came into you know fruition for them to say, hey, we need these? Yeah. Um. So it, it probably started six or seven years ago. We just didn't have. We have one indoor building um, that was mainly used by our indoor track and track team, and it had some turf that could be rolled out to use when you know football needed to get in there, but really the driving factor in all the construction we've done over the last five years was the need for just an indoor facility, um, right. you know, for football to be able to use and not only football, but all of our other teams and even campus rec, um, you know, they use it at night. So to do that though, we were so landlocked. We didn't have any extra land. Um, we really needed to, to put it right, right where our old practice facility was. But to do that, we had to tear down our soccer stadium, our field hockey stadium, and our, our practice football complex all at once. So, you know, that was a challenge in itself to take on a project that big. And along with that, um, just a mile off campus, we were building a complex with two natural grass fields, two synthetic fields, and a new track for our track team because um, they lost that with the soccer stadium going away. Um, so. Like I said, that that one indoor building really probably drove, you know, uh, four, five, six, seven, probably eight or nine fields being being either built new or completely renovated. So um, that was a long two years. Um, really glad I got to be a part of it, though. Got to got to help design a lot of it. Um, got to see some cool stuff in construction. Got to see some not so cool stuff in construction. But <laughs> at the end of the day. You know, we've got some really nice facilities out of it. Um, and as a turfgrass manager, you couldn't ask for anything better than a, a you know, a new sand-based field um, to be able to work with. Yeah, I've, I've had the opportunity to tour that uh, indoor complex, this state-of-the-art. It's awesome. It'd be cool for – I can't – I'm trying to explain that for the listeners. You know, you think it's – the fans in there, I think, is what, something that just blew me away, you know. Yeah, we've got the uh, – what the – I think it's eight of the big-ass fans. Um and I remember when they put them in, I thought, you know, those are cool, but they're way up in the air. And this is a big building. It's not going to do a lot. We turn them on now. and It's it's a wind tunnel. It's nice. So, yeah. Um, one more thing. The, did y'all – didn't y'all take the shrubs out at Kenny? 
yeah, we took the shrubs out at Keenan um, a couple years ago when we uh, we were going to practice in there. We, we extended the sidelines. We gained about 30 extra feet on each sideline. So that was kind of a um, – It was a, it was based on more space, I take it. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, hey, those shrubs have been in there a long time. There was a uh, decent oh, amount man. of pushback from, from the fan base. And oh, it, I... it was considered – I mean, everything was considered, but given the, the – the situation we were in, uh, that was some pretty valuable land that we needed to use. Yeah. Did, how about drainage? Did y'all do drainage and stuff? Did y'all put a drainage system in as well? Yeah, we did. We did. So, um, you know, that field's – it's uh, – that, that field was redone in 2015, the drainage in it. So, when we put that over the top of it two years ago, it it, uh, it uses the same drainage. So. Oh, nice. Um. Start, as we start to wrap this up, importance of continuing education and staying informed in the industry and use of apps. Uh, what apps are your go-to and what's the importance to continuing education for you? Yeah, well, um, I'll start with the apps uh, in, in technology in general. Um, I think John said it when, when you talked to him about how you can be on the field right now and, you know, I can, I can go out to the home plate during a baseball game and show the umpire a radar like this is real time this is what what's coming in a game or you know like we're doing right now i'm i'm on a on a zoom call i can i can be on a field now and and, and be in a meeting or do something that's really cool but but the apps that we use that that are really cool to us as sports surf managers um you know i can i can run our irrigation off our app off my phone now i can turn the lights on on my phone um I can pull up a camera at any of our fields and see the exact, you know, real time what's going on on our fields. Um, you know, I can pull up. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna we're gonna have the technology to pull up soil moisture and temperature from my phone. Um, so it's just, you know, that stuff stuff like that is is made um, our life as sports surf managers easier for sure. Um, you know, and and with the continuing education, I, I, that might be one of the most important pieces of you know our our whole networking, you know, we get together at these conferences and, and, you know, you sit in a class and you, you listen to a professor or a, a, a turf grass manager tell you what they've done. Um, you, that's, you can't put a price tag on that. Um, you know, everybody has to get their pesticide license and things like that. And, but, but just hearing real stories of, of people that have been in our situations and, um, I think that's the, the benefits of the continuing education and, and how people handle a, a real life situation. Um, you know, that, that's awesome. Yeah, and the Carolinas STMA, I'm going to give them a shout out for the North Carolina, South Carolina STMA. Their conferences just get better and better and better and better. I was so disappointed we couldn't have one in 2020, but I learned just as much talking with you just at dinner when we all go to dinner the same as I do when I'm sitting in a class getting credits. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, we laugh about that a lot. It's, it's just hanging out and telling stories. That's as, that's as good as it gets. I mean, most of the stories are funny and they, uh, you know, they're, they're just good. It's good time and, and good information to share. So, so, your ultimate career goal—have you achieved it, um, and or what do you hope to achieve? You know that goal. I don't know. You know, so when I was younger, you know, I, there, 
probably not a sports star manager. And then we're really young. Their their goals not to make it to the major league level or the NFL level or you know I, I do what I wanted to do. Um, you know, and, and I I thought I've had some opportunities to to move to different you know colleges or or even a professional level, but um, you know the more I'm I'm in this college. Uh, athletic setting and, and getting to deal with, with multiple sports and, um, you know, the people in our athletic department, I, I, I truly believe that, that this is my dream, you know, and I'm getting to do it. So I know that sounds pretty cliche, but uh, I, I really oh, enjoy man. going to work every day and, and being around the people. So that's, that's yeah. as good as it gets. It's totally understandable. All right, one of our final turf questions, a turf story. It needs to be PG, please. And it can be a funny or crazy story, something – you can have more than one, too. I'm going to give you one that happened this week. Um, oh, man, that's good. We had yeah. the – yeah. Yeah, this is a fresh one. We had our tarball baseball. It's been on for a couple of days. And, and like everybody, I think we, we keep the carpet blower fans under it to keep a bubble, keep it, you know, some air movement. Let the water run off the tarp. And and what is that on? You were break broke up on just for a second. Is that our baseball field? Sorry. Yeah. So we got the tarp on. We get a call from our head coach, and he said, "Hey, the tarp's on fire." Um, and luckily we were on campus at working a lacrosse game, so we ran down, and one of the fans under the tarp had caught on fire somehow. Um, and it was a pretty big fire. It was as tall as tall as I am, which is not very tall, but it was it was going pretty good. Um, so we. We got it unplugged. We got a water hose out on a quick coupler, and we got it out. Um, you know, and then we we this week we had to plug that area. It burned the grass pretty good. Melted melted plastic, you know, sitting on ryegrass doesn't turn out too well. But uh, no. this one, you know, we did a lot of I did a lot of calling around and texting, and I'm like, hey, listen, are we the only people that use these fans? And you know, I, I learned that almost everybody's using them when they put their tarp on. So that made me feel better. Um, like, I think it was a freak accident, but it's one we can sit back and laugh at now that, you know, it didn't get any worse than it got. So, um, you know, that's that's about as crazy as I can get. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite quote or phrase, something that has stuck with you for years? You know, there's there's one that said, don't let that don't let yesterday um, a bad yesterday affect today. And I do believe that I think there are days, you know, you go home and you know, we just – not every day is a great day. You know, you might have a day where your fields are wet or you're messing with an infield dirt that's wet or something just doesn't look right. And, it, it, you know, as, as sports service managers, I mean, I think a lot of us, you know, you, you can't take your work home. I mean, a lot of people can take their work home and, and work on a computer and do this. As sports service managers, we can't do that. We can't take our field home. But um, you can take home, you know, the bad attitude or the just the, the feeling of having a bad day and – that happens, um, but you got to learn to. I figured out you got to learn to let it go and just start over the next day. So that one kind of, that one kind of sticks with me. So don't don't let one bad day turn into you know multiple bad days. Right. Um, if you're having your final meal, uh, what would it be? The man, I'm. I grew up in the the western part of the state, so I'm all over some Lexington barbecue. You know, okay. so I'm probably, probably going to pick one of those joints and, and, and go at it. But. Uh, yeah, Nolan said the same thing. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lexington Barbecue. Yeah. That's awesome. If you wake up tomorrow and you've won the lottery, what's the first thing you do? What's your first non-essential purchase? 
I, I would like to be able not to tell anybody and just, just maybe go into work and be real stress-free, but there's no way that would happen. I mean, I would, uh, I don't know. I'd buy a lot of stuff probably. Take care. I've got friends, friends and family. I, you know, we'd probably have some new houses and cars and, you know, we would, uh, the, the bar tab at the STMA um, conference would be on me the next time we go. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. I have, I've always said though, if I won the lottery and I didn't have to work, it'd be fun for a while, but I think I would have to just go back and, and volunteer to come mow or help paint for a, for a football game on a Saturday, you know, something that stress-free, I don't want to make any decisions, but I want to still be able to, to do some fun stuff on the field. So. Right. Um, lastly, some words of wisdom that you'd like to share for a young and up-and-coming turf professional or somebody looking to get into the profession? Um, you know, don't be afraid to try different places. Um, don't, don't be, you know, when I got into the golf, I thought I wanted to do golf. Like I, that two years I did it, I loved it. And then when I, I, I tried the sports turf industry, I found out actually that was my passion. I love that. So, you know, as a young person trying to get into turf um, or trying to figure out what their role is or where they want to be, try try different jobs, volunteer um, at different places if you can, or, you know, give it a shot, you know, get a feel for it. Don't just settle on maybe the, the first thing that you do because um, there's a lot of different opportunities. So that's, and, you know, and then learn, I, I think, uh, I would like to say I did it, but look up to, you know, take, take advice from people that have been in the industry longer than you. I still do it. I've been in the turf industry for God, almost 17 years now, and I still feel like one of the young guys, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of guys that are older than me that have been doing it longer than me that I really look up to um, and, and take advice from them when they tell me something. So never stop learning. Um, you know, you can always improve. It's uh, kind of, kind of the takeaway. Yeah, well, Casey, it's been awesome having you. I know uh, you probably got stuff to do today, and uh, but it's been awesome having you. It's a pleasure, as always, talking to you. Man, I, I really appreciate you doing this. I think this is a this is an awesome way to you know get people listening and just communicating during this time. And um, I'm really glad you you asked me to be on here. Yeah, uh, one of our guests coming up. I have two coming up. Uh, one of them is Danny Lazito. Awesome. From the Panthers, and the other one's Craig Potts from Texas. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, Craig and Danny are both first class, um, you know, people and really good, really good sports turf managers. Uh, so you got a nice lineup. I'm glad. Uh, glad you considered yeah. me to be a part of it. Yes, sir. And Craig's got some stuff going on, as you well know. Uh, we were scheduled to do some stuff uh, this week, and uh, I think we're going to push it back to next week. He's uh, oh. he's running wide open today with the snow, so. Um, but anyway, man, it was a pleasure having you. I mean, a lot of people have been anticipating this. You know, one of the original universities in the country. Um, uh, everybody knows. I mean, people that people that aren't even from this country know where UNC Chapel Hill is. There's a lot of eyes on you, and uh, I think everybody can appreciate you know where you are and probably the eyes that are on you when you do your job and how you have a certain level of expectations that you have to meet every week. So I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great and uh, appreciate it, man. All right. See you. See you, man. Looking for a sports podcast? 
heating up podcast is everything sports. From interviews with athletes and personalities in the sports world to debates and predictions on current day sport topics. Check out the latest episode with Bleacher Report Steve Peralt, who describes what it is like working at Bleacher Report and living every day in sports. And don't miss the episode this Friday with some NASCAR previews for the 2021 season. Episodes drop every Friday at 7 a.m. on Apple, Spotify, Google, and other podcast streaming sites. Don't miss this must-listen sports talk. Heating up podcast. Subscribe. What an awesome episode of the Dirt on Turf podcast today with Casey Carrick from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. A um, little bit of insight on some of their renovations that they've done and what it's like being in the spotlight of the major university so well known like that. Hang around with us for the next few days as we have Danny Lazito from the Carolina Panthers is going to be on. And then next week we'll have Craig Potts from Texas A&M. Very exciting next couple of guests as well. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.